Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week kicks off our brand new series, Real Home. One of the greatest opportunities in life is to be part of something that will outlast oneself. Sunday, February 2nd through Sunday, March 16th, we will follow the incredible journey of Nehemiah as he risked it all, joining together with others to initiate an effort that would outlast them all. Together, we begin a journey at Valley Point Church towards a new home. Don't miss out on this incredible time. and Don't miss out on this opportunity to be a part of something that will outlast us all. Welcome to week number three of our Real Home campaign. And we have intentionally focused all of our energy in all groups and in all ages into thinking about where God is taking us. And I want you to know that this is for everybody. This isn't just for a few people to be thinking about our future real home on our Bethel Road campus. This is for every single person. And one of the real joys I've had so far in leading this venture is just watching as all ages, from our youngest kids to our middle and our high school students, to everybody else that is in this room, just rally around a real home. To the point where yesterday we had an absolutely fantastic turnout for our Love Day, where we focus on serving our local community. And we had a great number of people come out in some pretty tricky weather to go serve and love without expecting anything in return. And we had seven different opportunities, and we were able to do everything. And it was just a great, great day for us. And I think God loves it when we begin to think about those who need to be served and just doing that without expecting anything in return. And yesterday was just a great love day for us. And right now, There are 37 people from Valley Point serving Villa Ascension in the Dominican Republic. And they are there and they are safe and they have started their work. I've already seen some pictures. They're in shorts and short sleeves because it's a lot warmer there. God bless them, right? I want to ask that you continue to join me in praying for them that they will just be able to accomplish everything that God wants them to do. And I love how strategic we have been that even in the middle of something that we're focusing on right here and really shining a bright light on, our future real home, we're still being strategic and sending people out to do the kinds of things that God wants us to do. So I am so encouraged with what I'm seeing here at Valley Point Church. Speaking of goofy weather, we've actually adjusted our Real Home logo a bit to reflect what's happening. So check this out. Yeah, Real Home, Real Snow. (laughs) By the way, whoever has been praying for more snow, uh, you can stop that now. We're good. We've got enough. So again, I'm so excited about what I'm seeing here at Valley Point, and I love being here. And I now have been a part of Valley Point Church for four years and couldn't be more thrilled about what I see happening in our faith community. And I want you to know that Tanya and I and our kids, we're on this journey with you. 
All right, so we're not just asking you to think about a future real home and ask you to sacrifice and get generous for this. We're on this journey with you, and we couldn't be happier. Just a couple of weeks ago, my son Caden, who's seven years old, came to me, and he had $4 in his hand. And $4 is a lot of money for him. And he actually looked at me and he said, Dad, I know we're doing this thing called Real Home. And they're talking about Real Home in the kids' area as well. And they're having a lot of fun with that. And he came to me with his $4 and he said, Dad, I want you to take this for our future building. And there's just something in your heart as a parent. When you see your kids get generous like that, like they get it, and they're thinking about someone and something besides themselves, it just really warms your heart quite a bit. And so we had a great moment there just to talk about generosity and what God is doing in his heart and how we're eventually going to get a real home. And that $4 is going to go a long way to helping us get there. My 11-year-old daughter, Kaylee, I think was watching this and got a little inspired, and so she came to me a few minutes later, and she gave me $10 and said, Dad, I want you to give this for our future building. And so, again, I got to talk with her, and that was just a lot of fun. And Kaylee's kind of interesting because she has some different things that she has started saving for on her own. And she came to me a few months ago and said, Dad, I'm going to start saving for college. Like, well, that's a wonderful thing. Good for you. That would be wonderful. You go for it. And then she said, I'm also saving for my wedding. I'm like, well, that's wonderful too. Like, you need to be saving for both of those things. And so she had $15 in her wedding account and $10 in her college account. And so I said, the $10, is it from your college fund or your wedding fund? And she said, oh, dad. That's from the college fund. I'm not ready to give up my wedding fund quite yet. So her priorities are set. (laughs) I want to encourage and challenge all of us to remember the stories along the way as we step into this journey. Because there's going to be some great stories. And so remember the conversations that you have about generosity and sacrifice and what God might be whispering into your heart Remember the conversations that you have with your spouse or a friend. Remember the conversations that you have with your kids. And here's why. It's because this is not a small thing that we're doing. I mean, this is a really big step of faith. And we're really stepping into God territory. And when you step into God territory, it takes a huge amount of faith to go there And that can often be a very frightening thing. And sometimes we get so scared that we don't even take that step of faith. And so the challenge here is to remember everything that we're experiencing. And don't be afraid to step into God territory because it's there that God often does the amazing. And it's often there where God just does his best work in and through all of us. So don't be afraid to take that step of faith. It's a bold step of faith, and there is a great opportunity out in front of us as a church. As a matter of fact, that's our big idea for today. There is a great opportunity for Valley Point Church, and we're going to spend the rest of our time kind of thinking through what that opportunity is. I want to share with you something that has been warming my heart recently as I think about my journey on this and the journey 
that God is taking my family on as well. And I came across some words in Hebrews chapter 11 that are just so captivating and interesting and challenging all at once. And in Hebrews chapter 11, you find a bunch of different names mentioned, and it says, by faith, here's what they did. By faith, here's the step that they took. By faith, here's what God did in their life, and it is so interesting, and this has been challenging to me. So I just want to read this to you. Here's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And that is really powerful right there. Like, if you have ever wondered, what is faith? And if I'm a person of faith, what does that look like? What does that mean? What's the definition of faith? I mean, it is really unpacked right here. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for, that it's actually going to happen. It's more than just a dream or something in my mind. It's actually going to happen. And it's also the assurance about things that we cannot see. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. Imagine, they don't even know what's going to happen and yet they're stepping out in faith. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. Yet she believed that God would keep his promise, and he did. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. And how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith. And it's just a remarkable thing that's happening here. It's very powerful. And guess what? We're part of that story. Like our names might not be mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 11, but we're a part of this story. We're the church and God absolutely loves his church. We're part of the continuing movement of what God is doing in particular in this area. And so it's time to step through this moment and seize the opportunity that is out in front of us, by faith. By faith, we're going to do this. So we're in week three of this series, and what we've been doing is looking at the life of a guy in Scripture named Nehemiah, who also took some pretty big steps of faith. And here's what we've learned so far. In chapter one, we find Nehemiah receiving some news. And it's not good news. It's bad news. And the news he receives is that his hometown that he was no longer living in because he was working in another city, but he hears that his hometown is broken and destroyed and burned down, and he's very discouraged with that. So much so that chapter 1 tells us he mourns and he weeps because his hometown is just in ruins. It's in shambles. And so he weeps and he cries, and we also read that he prays, and he fasts, and he wants God to really change that situation. That's chapter 1. Then we move into chapter 2, and what we discover is that Nehemiah really is an important individual. He's a high-ranking royal official for a king by the name of Artaxerxes. 
And he's not just any king. He's actually probably the most influential leader in the world at that particular time. So Nehemiah works with this very influential leader. He's got a great job with fantastic benefits. He's got a great home, and life is pretty good for Nehemiah, except that he's bothered by what's happening in his hometown. And so he's with the king one day, and the king says, why are you so depressed? What's wrong with you? And Nehemiah seizes his divine moment right there. Like, all right, the king is asked. So I'm going to step in and through this, and I'm just going to share with him what's happening and what's going on in my heart. And so Nehemiah says, well, my hometown, where my ancestors are buried, it's a disgrace. And the walls are down, and the gates are burned, and it's just bad news. And I would love to go back there and repair and restore my hometown. The king says, go for it. That's a wonderful idea, and I'll even give you a lot of supplies so that you can accomplish what is in your heart. So today we're going to jump into the rest of chapter 2, and what we discover is that Nehemiah actually makes it to Jerusalem now. He is there, and he has the opportunity to get on the ground and see what is happening, and what he discovers is that Jerusalem is toast. I mean, it is ruined. It is not in great shape, and he, again is pretty upset about all of this. But instead of focusing on all of the rubbish and the destruction, Nehemiah instead sees something a little bit different. He sees a great opportunity for God. And he also sees a great opportunity for God's people. As Nehemiah surveys everything that's happening, he kind of looks past the garbage and he looks past the burnt gates and he looks past everything that is destroyed and instead he sees a great opportunity for God and a great opportunity for God's people. By the way, when things are broken and burnt and destroyed, when you're broken and burnt, and destroyed, there's a great opportunity for God right in that moment to do something special and powerful and unique in your life. Not only is there an opportunity for God, but there's also an opportunity for God's people. So the key word here is opportunity, and I want to define that a bit for the sake of our conversation. So here's our definition today. Opportunity is a God-honoring plan to accomplish a God-given dream. And that's the opportunity that was in front of Nehemiah, a God-honoring plan to accomplish a God-honoring dream. So let's kind of pick up with this story in chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading with verse 11. You can turn there in your Bible or take out your smart device. You'll also see these words on the screen. Here's what's happening. Verse 11. So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I want to pause right there because when I first read that, I thought it was really fascinating. Like Nehemiah is finally there. He's on the ground. He's in Jerusalem. This is the city that he wants to fix, and he's got permission to do it. He's got a passion inside of him, and he even has supplies. And when he gets there, he kind of waits around for three days. Seems strange to me. Like, why didn't he just get after it? What's going on here? Well, we don't know exactly because it doesn't say in Scripture, but I believe that Nehemiah was doing what he had been doing in chapter 1. He was praying, 
and fasting and planning. And when he gets to Nea, when he gets to Jerusalem, instead of just kind of jumping in and starting the project, he does what he had been doing. He was praying and fasting and planning. We've been in a fast as a church for seven days, and if you made the choice to participate in that, I hope that you have found yourself just having a focus on God like you have never had before as a result of giving up something or just setting something aside for a few days. That giving up that appetite has helped you just focus on God a bit better. That's what happened to Nehemiah. And he prays and he fasts and he plans. And then it says, I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. I mean, it's so bad even the donkey can't navigate this. So, though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration." All righty, so here's what Nehemiah is doing. He's walking around and he's inspecting things. And what he observes is this great opportunity for God and a great opportunity for God's people. And the reason Nehemiah, I believe, was able to come to that conclusion is because he knew deep down in his heart that a vibrant, thriving, prevailing city of Jerusalem would mean that God's impact would increase And a vibrant, thriving, prevailing Jerusalem would mean that God's name would be very famous and everybody would look at what was happening and what was being rebuilt and say, only God could fix that mess. Only God could do something like that. And so as a result, God's influence would increase and his name would become very famous. I want you to hear this. I really believe with everything in my heart that a vibrant, thriving, prevailing Valley Point Church will take God's impact and really increase that here in the Delaware Valley. And a thriving, vibrant, prevailing Valley Point Church will make God's name famous. And here's why. Because there's nothing like the church when the church is working right. And when it is on, and when it is a place where hurts are being helped and where people are being restored and hope is renewed and there's a sense of serving other people without expecting anything in return at all. That just catches the attention of people because that's not normal and that's not average and that's not part of our culture. And so there's nothing like the church when the church is working right and a real home for God when we have that opportunity to really step into that and to complete that, it makes God's name very famous right here. Ultimately, a real home is not about our comfort or 
about making life easier for us. It's about the opportunity for a vibrant, thriving, prevailing faith community to give other people a picture of what God is like. That's the opportunity out in front of us, and we need to step through that. It's just time to do that. Back to the story. Verse 17. By the way, it would have been very easy for Nehemiah in this moment to say, wow, this is a lot worse than what I thought. Like the gates are really destroyed, and there's even a gate here called the Dung Gate, and that means exactly what it says there. And I just don't know if I'm up for this. And I had a great job in the palace. That was really comfortable. Things smelled great there. Things tasted great there. And this place is an absolute dump. It would have been very easy for Nehemiah to just look at all of that and say, forget about it. I'm not going to step forward with this. That's not what he says, and that's not what he does. So here's verse 17. Now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, 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 let's rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. And what happens here is Nehemiah kind of reframes the opportunity as a chance to rebuild the wall and make God's name famous again. And when Nehemiah presented that, people raised their hands and said, yes, 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 a thousand times yes, let's do that. Let's rebuild the wall because it's going to make God's name very famous. And they were ready for that. That was their opportunity. Let me ask this question. What is our opportunity? What is it really? We get the chance to build a real home. What happens as a result of that? And I want to be painstakingly clear about what our opportunity is so everybody knows and everybody is aware. When we get the chance to build a real home on our Bethel Road campus, It's going to reach more people for Christ. That's the opportunity. And as long as there is one person outside of the walls of wherever we meet that doesn't know about God's love and how he has a plan and a purpose for their lives, we need to do everything we can to reach them and help them know and hear about this incredible God and what he can do for them. So our opportunity is about reaching more people for Christ. It's also about sending the community a message that we're here to stay. And we love you, and we want to serve you, and we're going to plant roots right here. It's also about providing space for generations to call home. So it's not just about us, but it's about generations from now and how they will need a place to respond to the greatness of God. And I want to challenge and encourage all of us to continue to think about our role in this process. Because we all have a role to play. What is God whispering into your heart so that we can take this bold step and build a real home? I'm going to go back to our big idea for a moment. 
And that is there is a great opportunity for Valley Point Church. It's a great opportunity for us. And I believe that God is going to help us succeed. And we've done the Nehemiah thing. We've prayed and then we've planned and we've prayed some more and planned some more. And then we've added to that more prayer and more fasting and even more planning. And it's time to step through this opportunity. And again, an opportunity is a God-honoring plan to accomplish a God-given dream. And we've got a God-honoring plan to accomplish a God-given dream. And so here's our takeaways for today. Let's reach more people for Christ. All right, how about if we just do that? Let's just focus our attention and think about how a real home gives us a greater opportunity to do that in ways that we can't even imagine. Let's reach more people for Christ. And let's also do this. Let's send the community a message that we're here to stay and we love them and we care about them and we want to do everything we can to help them know and understand the depths of God's love and how that can change them. And then let's establish a place for generations to call home. As a way to help us assimilate some of this in your gift bag today, which everybody will get one on your way out the door, and you'll hear about that in just a moment, but inside of each gift bag is going to be a little Jenga piece. I don't know if you ever played that game, but we bought a bunch of them because I want to give a Jenga piece to every single person, and I want you to view this as your piece, your Brick in the wall. Good song, right? (laughs) This is your opportunity to say, here's what I get to do to be a part of this. And I want you to put that in a prominent place where you'll be able to remember and look at this brick or this piece of the wall and say, okay, what is God whispering into my heart about my piece? I'd encourage you then not just to leave that brick blank, but to write some stuff on it. I've written real home on mine just so that I can remember this great campaign that we're on. Then I've got different names written down of people that I have been inviting and I want to continue to invite so that they can come here and be a part of this vibrant, thriving, prevailing faith community. And I'm excited about what God is going to do. And when I look at this, I understand I've got a role to play in having a real home for Valley Point Church. And there's going to be some other people that are going to join this journey, I'm convinced. Maybe you want to write down other things. Maybe you want to write down your life verse or whatever. It doesn't matter. I just encourage you, don't take the brick and just throw it away. Actually take it and write some things down. Even write down some doubts if you have that and begin to pray over that. So you're you're going to get a little block. And again, that represents your piece of the project because we all have a piece. We all have a role to play. You're going to get another thing in your gift bag, and that is a card. And on the card, it says, 50 years from now, I hope Valley Point, and it's blank. I want you to dream a little bit about what you sense and what's in your heart for Valley Point to do in another 50 years. 50 years is kind of a long time. Guess what? Some of us aren't going to be here in 50 years. Some of you will be. And how fun will it be for us just to think about as we walk through this exercise that 50 years from now, whether we're here or not, Valley Point Church is going to be here. And it'll be functioning, and we hope it's thriving and vibrant and prevailing. And there'll be a whole new set of leaders and a whole new set of individuals. And I hope that they say, 
Do you remember those crazy people back in 2014 who stepped out in faith and did a really scary thing and they built this permanent facility and we're here now? And now it's our time to stand on their shoulders and to do the next right bold thing so that we can continue to reach more people for Christ and show the community that we love them and we're here to stay and provide even more space for future generations. And so I want you to take this card and I want you just to dream a little bit and then put this in a place where you can commit to praying for what you wrote down for the answer to this. And we want to continue to bathe just this whole project in prayer and ask God to bless and do something very unique. Guess what? God wants us to be the church. He really does. He wants us to be the church in the Delaware Valley and even beyond. And we've been given a mandate Go and preach the gospel. Gospel is the good news. The good news that Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again and we can have a forever friendship with him. That's the gospel. It's also called the good news. And we've been given this mandate. Go and share the gospel. Share the good news. And so our opportunity is here. Just a great opportunity for God and a great opportunity for God's people called Valley Point Church. So let's step through this, and let's begin the good work. Father, we're grateful for our time in Nehemiah chapter 2 today, and we finish this out, and it's just an amazing story of what you did in the life of an individual who was willing to step out in faith and do something that was a bit frightening, but yet he did it. And God, we're going to discover in the weeks to come how you take this great step of faith And you help him and those that were involved in this project accomplish some things quickly that caught the attention of others who recognized God is great. God is great. And God, our desire is to build a real home for you where your name can be made famous a real home for others who aren't even here yet, who can experience the hope that is found here. I got a real home even for me where I have the chance to deepen my friendship with God in a real home. So God, I believe we've put together a God-honoring plan to fulfill a God-given dream. Help us to step in and through this opportunity. God, there's a great opportunity for you and a great opportunity for us, your people. Help us to be willing to live by faith and have confidence in what we cannot see. God, help us to go there and not fear stepping into that because we know that's often where God does the amazing. So bless us and help us to really understand and get and enjoy the opportunity that you have in front of us. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.